We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast, special weekend edition. We've got so much going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers that we decided we need to put, put together an extra show. And let me just say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. A special Mother's Day show for all of you. So we're going to break down the Lakers upcoming series against the Denver Nuggets Western Conference Finals. That's right. Lakers making it all the way from the seventh seed to the Western Conference Finals for the 13th seed at the trade deadline from the two and 10 start. Here they are in the Western Conference Finals. So we'll talk a little bit about that matchup. We'll also talk a bit about the big game six win against the Golden State Warriors. We'll take some fan questions and comments, a lot of stuff to get into on today's show. Joining me is Sean Davis. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. And so glad we are after these next couple of pods, we could put Golden State in the rear view mirror. Thank God. Big time. Big time. Um, so here we are. As we're recording this, we are about 24 hours removed from mm-hmm. the Lakers' big game six win. Punch their ticket to the Western Conference Finals. How are you feeling at this point? Now now a day gone by. Um, in general or like about that game? About the about the series against the Warriors, that game, all of that. Okay. Um, yeah, like like we said on post game, um it there wasn't really a point in the series where I thought the Lakers weren't the better team. Um, there was still that fear though. That I think you might have brought this up even like heading into game six, why game five was so important. Because what if Golden State had that just insane shooting performance? Steph goes nuts or something along that you know can happen. Um, so I'm glad that I don't have to be fearful necessarily anymore that Steph right. could just go off for 50. Clay could hit 10 threes in a game or whatever. Um, but yeah, there was never a point in that series where the Lakers weren't the better team. And Darvin, I think, coached a great series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think as sort of, you know, of course, I, I we were talking about this before we came on. You didn't sleep well last night. I got the best night's sleep I've had since the series started. It was like it was just this relief that finally this series is over, because as you mentioned, the Lakers, I, I thought were the better team. I thought the people that were saying midway through the series that, oh, the Warriors are better, but, you know, they're just making mistakes and, and blah, 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 blah. Well, I thought those people were nuts. Um, that, that were putting that out there, saying the Warriors were playing better basketball. I thought they must have been, been watching a different series than what I was watching, or maybe we're just not watching the series that closely and we're just reverting back to, oh, well, it's the Warriors. So because it's the Warriors, they've got to be good and not paying enough attention to what was really happening on the floor. But 
in any event, uh, I, I felt like the Lakers were the better team, but I kind of had that nervous energy throughout uh, that you're talking about of, but what if the Warriors just get hot? What if they just get hot and they have that outlier shooting game? So now that the series is over, it's like there was that great relief that we don't have to worry about that shooting game happening. Um, but also today, I've been trying, I've been taking a step back and just looking at the, the whole series in general and just... I'm really proud of what we saw from, from this team, of the way they were able to pull together, of the way they were able to get the job done. And I'm not talking about just the players. I'm talking about the coaching staff as well. When I look at the problems that they were presented with in this series, and look, there were some bumpy moments. I mean, they lost a game by 27. They lost game five when they had an opportunity to, to close it out, right? There have been some, some tough spots here. But through all the adversity, they constantly solved problems throughout the series as a as a unit on the floor and a coaching staff off the floor and that's just just really cool to step back and say this team didn't let any problem be the end of them they found ways around it found solutions and found ways to get the job done yeah i mean again i i was i guess the darvin ham fanboy if you will but i don't think even i kind of expected to be this good through the first mm -hmm. two rounds like you thoroughly outcoached Taylor Jenkins I said that after game two of that series and I tried to get cooked or canceled if you want on Twitter for saying that and the rest of the series happens and I'm, I'm not even gonna say yeah, coach Steve Kerr but the fact that we can't say that Steve okay yeah Steve Kerr just really outcoached Darvin like that's a win in and of itself because Steve is a really really good coach they have a great coaching staff in, in in the Bay so what Darvin and the coaching staff has done throughout the playoffs it, like you said there's been very frustrating moments like that game two like the the halftime adjustment to let's hedge and blitz Steph, yeah. yikes! Um, but that doesn't negate all the great stuff he's done throughout the playoffs. So yeah, it is cool to kind of sit back and say, "Dang man, like this team, thirteen seed at the deadline, seven seed coming into the playoffs. You beat the two seed Grizzlies. You beat the defending champs, pretty resoundedly." Um, but so yeah, that that's really cool to sit back and think about. Well, and, and this is now two series in a row that we've gotten into saying the opponent has the coaching advantage, right? We set it for Memphis. We set it for Gold State. And you would think even more, it would be, you know, the, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Jenkins is a fantastic coach. Um, and I thought the, the advantage would be a, a sizable one against the Warriors because Steve Kerr has won championships, right? Um, and in both cases, that advantage was at the very least negated if not went the other way. And that's, I mean, that's great. And part of that is, hey, LeBron's an incredibly uh, smart player on the floor. Same thing with Anthony Davis. They've got, the coaching staff has pieces that they can work with now. And so that's certainly part of the equation here. But just when I look at two series in a row where you'd say going in, the Lakers are on the, the short end of the coaching front. And at the end you go, nah, they weren't. They really weren't. They, they performed up to that level. That's a big win for the club. And now they've got another big step um, coming here, Mike Malone for, for Denver is a very good coach as well. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how Darwin and the coaching staff attacks a completely different challenge in the Denver Nuggets. I mean, what they present is so different than what the Lakers saw against the Warriors and also different than what they saw against the, the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit because you text, you sent me a text earlier today, Sean, where you were, you said you're feeling pretty good uh, about the Nuggets series. What is it that's got you feeling good about the Western Conference Finals? 
Well, I'm going to try not to ramble here because I think overall today I've spent like six to eight hours, whether talking about this series or watching and uh, preparing for it. And, but, and we have um, plenty of time to get into the minutia yeah. of it and, uh, and all of that. And we certainly will in, in coming shows. But yeah, big picture, you're feeling good heading into this. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest reasons why is you look at from everything from a game plan standpoint that I would like to see, LA's done it and they did it fairly well with worse personnel. Um, and just look at Denver, how the roster is. And again, just basically, I just feel confident in the game plan I kind of put together that I think the coaching staff will also use to some extent based off how they played Denver, how they played Jokic, how they played Jamal Murray. Um, and there's some tendencies that I found on film that are really encouraging. Granted, I said I was really confident and I said Lakers in seven, so I had to be the toss up either way. Ooh. But Jokic is nuts. And yeah. like, yeah, that, that's really all you can say without even diving into Jokic. Like, he's just insane. <laughs> now, I mean, you, so you're going Lakers in seven, which means Lakers have to win game seven in Denver. Yep. All right. They're going to do it at alt at altitude. Um, I've been saying Lakers and six for both series so far. I said it against Memphis. I said it against Golden State. I haven't been wrong yet, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. I'm going to say Lakers and six uh, against Denver. Uh, Denver's great, though. It wouldn't shock me. I don't, look, the, the Vegas says Denver is going to win this series. The, the Nuggets, as of this moment, uh, I believe they're a five-point favorite to win game one, which is, that's right. which is fairly sizable. Oh, no, now it's gone. It's five and a half. Mm. Five and a half-point favorite to win game one. Um, Denver's a very good team. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Denver is the, the Western Conference representative uh, in the NBA Finals. Would not shock me. They're, they're good. But I'm going to be you know optimistic in terms of what this Lakers team can do. I think the AD-Jokic matchup, of course, matters a ton. I wish the Lakers still had the 2020 version of Dwight Howard to throw at him. And that, and that brings me, you know, a lot of Lakers fans have been asking, what do the Lakers do there? Is there, do we actually see Tristan Thompson minutes in this series? Do we see, is it Mobamba? Because it doesn't feel like, unless you just play by the rule of any second that Jokic is on the floor, Anthony Davis also has to be on the floor. I don't know who else you put against him on this Lakers. It's not like 2020 where you could say, okay, Dwight, go wear him out for a little while. JaVale, you can get some minutes on him. All right, it's winning time. AD, go ahead. Crunch time. You go at Jokic. The Lakers don't have that luxury anymore. So what are you doing defensively? Like, do you turn to Mobamba, who now is a healthy-ish? What do you do? I think it would be really beneficial for Mobamba to be healthy. I think this yeah. is a series where he kind of makes some sense. Or if Mo isn't ready to go game one, game two, I think Wenyan early in the series kind of makes some sense. Just to throw another body at Jokic and hear me out. I know. Okay. Hear me out. The, Jokic is never going to get a clean one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want Jokic to get a clean one-on-one -on -one, ever. I, I get it even as Anthony Davis, right? But, like, Jokic, as a post player, scores, like, 1.212 points per possession, right? If you make him, uh, including, like, pass outs or whatever, when you force him to pass it out, it's not, like, great. But it drops from that to, like, spot-ups being, like, spot-up dribble, uh, no catch and shoot jumpers off of a Jokic double or whatever, mm -hmm. or a pass out of the post. It's like one point for possession, maybe a, a hair under. So I just play the numbers. I double Jokic. 
And there's different ways you get creative with it. So like if you want to play a Mo Bomb or a Wenyan lineup, right? Wenyan's too small. You could just front front Jokic. And I would play AD and Wenyan together. I think that's also gonna be a key. If you mm-hmm. want somebody else not name AD on Jokic, you gotta play like a Wenyan and AD together. You gotta play a Mo Bamba AD together. Mo could be a little bit different in terms mm-hmm. of how he guards AD. But which, which the Lakers have done very, very little of this. Very season. little. But it makes sense in this series because then also, like, if you want to look at the flip side from a Nuggets defense, with Jokic ball screens is primarily they're either going to hedge or they're going to drop, and a pick and pop with Mo Bamba could be effective against both of those. Um, and I don't like a pick and pop with Anthony Davis. I don't think you do either because uh-uh. Anthony Davis is a good three-point shooter. So um, I think Mo makes a ton of sense in this series. I don't think Tristan makes sense at all, to be honest with you, from either side. Um, and he also just hasn't played at all either. So that's why I fall in it. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers attack this. Because like I said, I, I think the challenges are so different. Where against Golden State, the Lakers were too big. And the solution was sizing down, right? Starting Dennis Schroeder in, in game six was the solution to the problem. That's not going to be the case. And it's going to be the opposite problem with Denver. Where you could say the Lakers might be too small. I mean, you look at this Denver lineup. Michael Porter Jr. at the three, Aaron Gordon at the four, right? There's some size. Uh, then you've got, of course, Jokic in the middle, and you've got to have size on him. So that's that's going to be an interesting challenge. And I think, so what you're talking about in terms of doubling Jokic, you've got two keys in terms of just the mathematical advantage there. It's number one, you have to be able to send the double. But number two, you also have to have, because you mentioned it can't be a spot up. So, yeah, a KCP spot up wide open off of a Jokic kickout, that's that's death. You don't want that. You don't want that. Same thing with Michael Porter Jr. So you also have to have your defense prepared to, at the very least, close out on mm-hmm. that spot up shooter. And even if you can't chase them off the three-point line, at least make the three-point attempt something where they have to put the ball on the floor first and make an adjustment rather than just a clean spot up, which is much easier said than done. But that's going to be a key thing to watch here. Not only what do the Lakers do against Jokic, but what do they do when they do get him to pass the ball? How can their defense react to that action specifically? That's going to be incredibly important. And I have some decent amount of optimism that it can work because D'Lo's a bad defender mostly, Mm -hmm. but I think D'Lo in the playoffs in terms of just being in the right spot and being a good rotator has done a good job and just been decent off ball in general. I, I'm going to get a lot of slander for that. But, I mean, I think the film... No, he's been fine off ball. Yeah, I think the film backs that up. LeBron's been a good rotator in the playoffs. I said this earlier in a space, living up to Matt's nickname he gave me. Um, I I think early in the series, we're going to see a switch. And I think Rui's going to start in place of Ando. I think Ooh. this makes more sense for Rui. Mm-hmm. Um, where Michael Porter Jr. is not a good defender at all. And they could just hide him on Jerry Vanderbilt. I think Jamal's going to have to guard. I think Jamal will guard uh, D'Lo or Austin. But these dudes got to guard. Like, So put Ruby out there. I think defensively this series makes more sense for him as well. Even though Denver has good shooters like KCP and MPJ, they're not like coming off a screen. So they're not coming off a pin down or whatever. MPJ is almost exclusively a spot-up dude. Same with KCP. KCP has a little bit more versatility, but still. Um, I think this is a more favorable matchup in terms of hiding Rui on a shooter, if you will, and allowing him to clean stuff up at the rim. Um, so 
hopefully game one, game two, we we see that change. Yeah, I was gonna ask who does Vando defend in this series because I had have... it's it, it's not it's not Jokic, right? Yeah. And Aaron Gordon is not a guy that you need to really defend on the perimeter or anything like that. Um, I mean, maybe you could try to keep his energy off the glass by putting Vando on him, but again, that's not really Jared Vanderbilt's strength. Michael Porter Jr. is more of a spot up guy. That's what I had. So is it is it it's Porter Jr. that you have to defend, or is it you try him on Jamal Murray and then you rotate guys elsewhere? My thought process and shout actually shout ironically to Matt because I had a Twitter conversation with him about it. He kind of changed my mind a little bit, and then mm-hmm. the data backs him up. Like you allow Vando to help more, be a helper off ball, and then you trust his close out ability. And then also, like, one of the biggest offensive engines for the Denver Nuggets is, like, Jamal Murray ball screens and Jamal Murray, like, handoff possessions, which make up 41-ish percent of Jamal mm-hmm. Murray's scoring possessions. ISO only makes up 9%. So why focus on 10, one, yeah, 10% of Jamal Murray's offense that Vando can stop but negate the other 41% that Vando isn't good at? Vando isn't a good ball screen navigator and things of that nature. And one of the things I talked about was you got to probably go high drop against Murray in the Jokic Murray ball screen. Well, AD's going to be pulled all the way up because he's going to have to save Ando on a, a ball screen. So get a good chaser, get a Dennis, get an Austin, who I thought a great series against Golden State. Mm-hmm. And I think you roll from there. And yeah, that's how I would play it out game one. Be interesting to see if that's ultimately the, the, the tactics that the Lakers take. Um, I'm excited for this series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that the, just the, the, when we look at the different schemes, both teams are going to run again, it's going to be an adjust to the adjustments series where each side is going to be adjusting to the other side. And and it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. The key as always for the Lakers, get one in Denver, get one, get one of the first two. I don't know if it'll be game one, but get one of the first two in Denver, and then go from there. And again, that's how the last two series have played out. So we'll see if the Lakers can follow that script again. uh, LeBron's performance to close out game six was fantastic. Just phenomenal stuff from him. What can he bring? You know, Aaron Gordon is going to be getting into him, doing everything he can to slow him down. I was looking at this, you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting is we've gone through a couple of series now where you've had a few different matchups that have been tried that maybe you wouldn't necessarily expect right i mean the warriors going small with gary payton in there they went bigger with um jamichael green in there and trying different guys maybe defending players that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to i mean wound up with anthony davis at 610 defending gary payton at well definitely not 610 right (laughs) um but this nugget series i look particularly for the denver side i think it's just going to be straight up Jokic is going to defend ad gordon is going to defend lebron you know, and on you go. Like Michael Porter Jr. will stick on on Vando, KCP will take Austin, uh, and Jamal Murray will take D'Lo. Maybe the guards flip, but it's yeah. probably just going to be a straight up one through five matchup in this without any kind of a cross match here, for, at least from the Denver perspective. And then even if you look at like some of Denver's lineup data, like they know who they are. Like their top lineups, like they have three lineups with over four hundred and fifty possessions play together which is nuts their top one of the starting fives like over 1300 maybe even so like they 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 play together all year they know who they are um they have an eight-man rotation like they're Mm -hmm. 
there's not a whole lot of predictability. I'm not even saying that's a bad thing for Denver if you're a Nuggets fan watching this. But like they just know who they are. If anything, that's a compliment to like yeah. go for that Warriors series where like the starting five had some familiarity with each other because they won the title last year. But from this individual season, that Warriors starting five didn't play a ton together because of injuries and a bunch of other shenanigans, if you will. But um, this Denver team knows each other. They they play together all year and they play really well. Yeah, uh, they are a, a fantastic team. Uh, not sad to see the Warriors on the way out. Um, Absolutely and not. To, to not have to uh, deal with all of that anymore. And hopefully we get a fresh start here against the Denver Nuggets. Um, we've got some fan questions and comments that, that we need to get into here. And that's going to pinball us into uh, a few other topics as well. So plenty here uh, to discuss. Before we get to it, though, I do have to give a, a quick shout out here to our sponsor, and that is Talkify. Uh, life is full of what ifs. Uh, so what if you just try something new when it comes to dating? Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. What if they can help you find what you're looking for? Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans to date introductions and handles all communications for you creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash Lakers Nation. That's Talkify.com slash Lakers Nation, T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash Lakers Nation for 20% off when you become a client. Again, Talkify.com slash Lakers Nation. I might have to hit that up. You know, I'm a, you know, self-promotion, self-using the code. <laughs> I, I, I hope it still works. The people on the YouTube end saw my reactions to everything you're saying, so I hope we get some positive comments in the there chat. I should have had you do that ad read. <laughs> we should go. Then then you can oh, do the man. whole, uh, you could do the whole, like, you know, I'm also a client bit on it. Um, <laughs> you could, yeah, you could definitely do that. We'll, we'll get you set up. And then, and then as part of the ad here, you can you can chronicle your dating experiences and like report back on the show. It's going to be a whole segment. Yeah, there it's we go. Like, it's going to be a fantastic segment. I think you should have Matt do one, too. Well, yeah, Matt, there we go. Better luck nowadays. Never mind. It'll be it'll be uh, dating with Davis. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> that we'll work. have our old little little title screen and intro music and all that. All that. All right. I like it. I like it. Okay, let's get into some of our uh, fan questions and comments here. Darius uh, starts things off saying, glad we got this, got the last laugh from Golden State. How do you think we match up against Denver? So we went over that a bit. I I think what's interesting about a, a matchup with Denver is in terms of physicality, both teams are so similar, just looking at it from the from the outside. And we'll see if that ends up being true once the the you know the playoff level games start actually being played but it's going to be interesting to say the way these teams go at each other because they're not exactly the same 
at all. There, there's a lot of differences, but there's more similarities between these two teams than between the Lakers and the Warriors or the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Uh, and size is certainly part of it, but I, I think it's going to be a very close matchup here where one or two possessions in at least a few games may wind up deciding the outcome. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of close games. Um, it's like I said, man, like that, when you sometimes you walk away from like prep on a team, and I don't want to say you gain less respect for them, but you're like underwhelmed respectfully. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's honestly kind of what I had for Memphis. I'm not going to lie to you. Like after prepping for Memphis, I was like, yeah, okay, they do some nice stuff. And then there's some cases where you walk away from a team after doing your prep, you're like, okay, that team's legit. They do a bunch of great stuff. Yeah, they have the MB- two uh, uh, two time MVP, arguably the best player in the world he's right so now. Good. He's, so good, he's just insane. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a great series, man. It's a yeah. basketball fan. It's gonna be fun. What is that gonna be, Jokic versus AD? How is that gonna gonna play out? And my goodness, if Anthony Davis gets into foul trouble, oh no, oh man, oh no. But but what is? what is that matchup going to be like Anthony Davis is, and we've seen it already, but AD is the, is certainly more athletic, but David, uh, but Jokic is so skilled. Not to say AD is not skilled, but he's got such a touch around the rim. I mean, it's, it's an oversimplification to say it's Anthony Davis's defense against Jokic's offense, but that's kind of what it's going to be. Like this is yeah. going to be a crazy matchup between two of two the best bigs in the NBA. I mean, maybe, Two of the three best centers in the NBA, right? I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, just two heavyweights. And I had a semi-controversial tweet earlier on today at Sean underscore DAVI. If you guys want to stay up to date with all my latest controversial tweets. Um, and, and and dating life. We're going to add that to, uh, to Sean's, <laughs> Sean's Twitter output here as part um, of our advertising agreement. There we go. That's part <laughs> of the advertising agreement. And I said something along the lines of, like, if... This series could potentially, because there's like this thing in the media or whatever going on, like there's a vacancy, if you will, for the best player in the world. And I think you can make an argument right now that Anthony Davis has been the best or uh, for sure a top three player in the playoffs, just in terms of an impact on both ends. The best defensive player in the playoffs, I would say. For sure. For sure. So the tweet goes like something along the lines of if Anthony Davis can have a two-way masterpiece, I'm talking like 25 plus, the boards are there, but like mm-hmm. impact defensively on Jokic and the Lakers win in route to another finals appearance and dare I say they win the championship, Ooh. we got to have a conversation about Anthony Davis. I said the same thing about Jokic. Oh, yeah. Like if Jokic beats the Lakers in route to a championship, potentially, you got to have, like, Jokic has to be number one. So I think that's how big this series could be for a guy like an AD to really, like, solidify himself as, this is my team, I can be a top five, top three player in the world, and I'm going to show it here. So this could be a big series. If you were, and I'm not saying this is where we're going to end up, right? I don't want to sure. jinx it or tempt the basketball guys not or whatever, but... If the Lakers were to win a championship, if you were asking me right now to set betting odds on who would be the finals MVP, Anthony Davis would be the heavy favorite in my book, even with LeBron on this team. But AD has become the critical piece here. Um, so, And he's been phenomenal. So what AD does is going to be obviously incredibly important in this matchup against Jokic. And I do think when we're looking at this, 
it's Jokic, it's Embiid, and it's Anthony Davis. And those are whatever order you want to put them in. Those are the, the top three centers in the NBA right now. And there's a massive drop-off, respectfully, yes. after whoever oh, yeah. third is. Yep. Uh, face reality. Oh, man. Said Clay. Eight points, nine points, ten points in three consecutive games. Warriors fans are not pleased with Clay Thompson. Now, there's a lot that are still saying, like, oh, you know, hey, we won championships in part because of this guy. Let's, you know, get off his back and all that. He was not good. He was not good. And I didn't fear, like, once Clay started shooting, I was worried, oh, no, are you going to get, you know, game six, six Clay? Are you going to get this, you know, 50% from three night from him? Once the game got going, I was beyond okay with him taking those shots because he did, he was not on. What did he shoot? Three for 19 on the night? Was it that bad? My good, It was awful. Sheesh. It was awful from, from Clay Thompson. And he's a very good player. I mean, one of the most talented shooters we've ever seen. And uh, so, yeah, three for 19 and two for 12 from three. Some of that, of course, has to be credited to the Lakers defense. Some of it, he just missed shots. But, yeah, rough uh, rough outing for Clay. Man. Yeah, insane rough shooting performance. Thank you, though. Yes, appreciate it. Uh, this one said Reeves was on fire. Yeah, Austin, whew, great performance. LeBron uh, was the goat. Oh, he said greetings from Amsterdam. Always cool getting to hear from international fans coming in. Uh, King said we killed them for buzzer to buzzer. Loved every second. Oh, sick Chris Masters on those two weak texts on Dennis Schroeder saying Master locked them. Next victim, the Denver Nuggets. And he put a little chicken emoji in there uh yeah who's so we went into both series knowing yeah. okay dylan brooks is going to get master locked a lot right against memphis all right draymond is going to get master locked a lot against golden state who on denver do you think is the most annoying like who's going to get master locked is it aaron gordon like I, that's, honestly? I think that's my default too yeah i, I don't think there's anybody on that team that I look at, I'm like, yeah, I just can't stand them. Or like, they're oh, they're super annoying. Um, Because yeah. like I said, I, there's just a respect level for me for that entire team. Um, Like Jamal, one of my favorite point guards to watch. KCP is a Laker. Now, KCP will get master locked a ton if he has some insane shooting nights. Like if he shoots like, like seven for nine from deep or something. I'm going to be, yeah, not pleased with him. Yeah, uh, KCP, if you are listening, you know, if you want to just have like a, a 2020 Phoenix Sun series from three against us, that'd be nice. God. Like, you know, just, just bring it up he bad shot, memories. He shot like 19% <laughs> from three that series. Something like that. It was like 19 or 21%. Like Kuzma was like 21. 17%. Let's do that. Yeah, and Let's it, it was 21 because of how good he was in game six. Like he had 19 in game six. You take out that last game, it was even worse. Oof. All right, let's do that, KCP. Let's do that. Uh, Josh said, smash that like button. Yes, by the way, the YouTube viewers, if you're watching right now, you're at this point in the show, hit that like button. Just do it. it takes two seconds. Do it real quick. Hit that like button for us. Uh, Denver is getting an inspired, hungry, and dangerous team as their conference finals matchup. Lakers Nation stand up. You know, that's something that I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. I think that LeBron and to a lesser degree AD they both know the clock is ticking. Obviously, for LeBron, he's 38 years old. You're not going to get many more opportunities like this, right? Yeah. Um, even if LeBron isn't human, what best case? I mean, absolute best case, he plays five more years. And that's if he's like really pushing it, where, you know, 
going full Tom Brady, goes the vegan diet and all that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, yeah, like this is avocado ice cream. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, he becomes the the plant man. Um, this is, I think, a very locked in LeBron, a very locked in AD, and both of yep. them are fired up at the possibility of adding a championship here. And so that's what the Denver Nuggets are going to be getting. You're going to be getting two guys that understand that the opportunity is in front of them that may not come again. We don't know. And so you're going to get whatever they've got, you're going to get the best of it. Yeah. Man, I can't wait, dude. It's going to be yeah. so fun. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Davon said, Old Goat James and AD fire from the Bay Area. Oh, he's from the Bay Area. Wow. Been hearing all week how the Warriors are going to come back. Glad to shut them all up. Let's go. Well, Davon, that must feel extra good for you then, having to live in the Bay Area and be around that. You are probably hearing it nonstop. Um, happy for you. Happy for you for sure. And did you see that thing that was going around? Uh, I think our, our buddy Dan, uh, the Laker fan, posted. It was this guy on TikTok, a Warriors fan on TikTok, that I was putting that. out there the theory that the Warriors chose on to purpose. Lose. They went down 3-1 on purpose because they were trying to um, get revenge on LeBron. Goofies. For, for beating them when they had a 3-1 series lead for coming back with LeBron's Cavs that year and uh, and winning despite the 3-1 series lead. And so they were trying to get payback on LeBron. So they, on purpose, threw games to go down 3-1 so that they could make this big comeback. Some people are just delusional. Man. Just delusional. But even if you're the best team, you're the best team ever, no team is doing that. 3-1? Like you have one bad shooting game and you're out of the playoffs? That's You're going to purposely put yourself in that position just so you can get revenge? And Warriors fans were trying to talk themselves into this kind of nonsense, nonsense and it's just, my goodness. I, I don't know if the Corgi just had them all, all in their heads or what that was about. First off, shout out to our guy Dan. Um, but you... Also, shout out to you and our, our guy Lincoln from Lakers Nation oh. with the hilarious uh, ending to a video you guys made talking about the best moments of round two. And at the end of the video, I think it's on Instagram. I know Trevor posted it on, uh, it's on Twitter as well. Twitter. Yeah. The end of the video is like the, the Corgi or whatever, like shooting a ball or bouncing the ball off his nose into one of the baskets, it's the Warriors basket. And then LeBron comes out of nowhere just get uh knocks it out of midair that was hilarious uh shout that out was, to you guys that was all lincoln i just told him i said hey man let's do a highlight video and somewhere at the end you got to put something with with the corgi in it and uh and then he took it from there and uh and came shout up with that. that was fantastic then. uh aldrin said the lakers out warriored the warriors shot 50 percent from three yeah absolutely Said by the way, this, if the Celtics win their series, it will be the same Final Four from the 2020 playoffs. Do you see Alex Caruso tweeting about yeah. that earlier today? Uh, something along the lines of, "But the bubble doesn't count because everybody is crying that you know after the Lakers won it anyway. After the fact, oh no, it's a bubble ring; it doesn't count, and all of that. Bubble teams weren't really that good. It was a unique environment, and it was because they had all this time off. Da, 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 you know, anything to try to discredit." A Lakers championship win because thank you. The Lakers have more haters than any other team out there because 17 championships. 
Um, talk that talk, it, Trev. <laughs> but, but, hey, maybe it's just that the bubble teams are really good if we wind up with the same four teams. Now, I hope we don't. Personally, I'd rather see Philly go through because I can't get, I can't support Boston, right? Going through. I just, I can't. If, if it's Lakers, Celtics in the finals for number 18, that would be epic, historic, all of that. I know people want that matchup. I, I don't, that's fine. I, I still can't root for Boston <laughs> to beat the 76ers. Um, I would rather see Boston go home. So, uh, but yeah, you could wind up with the same final four teams the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Heat, they're all through. We'll see if Boston gets by the Sixers in Game 7. Uh, tomorrow as we're recording this, tonight as most of you are watching this, listening to this. Yeah. Man, that's insane. Yeah. Ray, did you see Tristan Thompson? Oh, do you see Tristan Thompson getting minutes against the Joker? Wenyan might not be able to hold his ground due to being so light. That's my concern, too, about Wenyan. I mean, he's 205 pounds. He's not going to be able to deal with Jokic. He's just mm. not big enough. Um. Who would you put in first? Mo Bamba, Tristan Thompson, or would you do what the Lakers did in the last couple of series? And would you just go with like LeBron and Rui on the floor together as your bigs? And Jokic is on the floor? Jokic is on the floor. Mo Bamba. Hmm. I, yeah. If I had to rank it, it'd be Mo Bamba, play AD all the minutes. Or... <laughs> AD never rests. <laughs> AD plays 48 minutes the entire series. But no, I, I think Mo again, I think Mo really could carve out himself a role in this series. He would have made a ton of sense in Golden State series as well, just to counter uh, some of the Warriors' defensive coverages. I think Mo makes some sense in this series as well. I mean, hey, if Lonnie can do it, right? Why not Lonnie? Screw it. Yeah, Lonnie can come back into the rotation and be something. But So Jokic is, for the series against the Suns, now, some of these were blowouts, but even the close games, he's like he's hitting right about 40 minutes. He averaged 38 and a half minutes for the series. If you look it, at Jokic's minutes or whatever, or whatever, like from a rotation standpoint, the patterns mm -hmm. are fairly similar. Like with AD and Jokic, we're going to let him play the whole first. We're going to rest him to start off the second, rest him to start off the fourth. Outside of that, they're playing. Um, so I guess that maybe be in favor of the Lakers because that's a very similar rotation pattern for Anthony Davis, where for the most part, play the first quarter, come back in around eight minutes, maybe a little less in the second, play the rest, play the third, and then same thing for the fourth. So, well, I, I'm looking at Anthony Davis's minutes total, like his ceiling for minutes has been 44, 43. He hit those two numbers in golden state series. Jokic wasn't quite hitting that. So, it's not impossible for AD to just play all of the Jokic minutes, right? That's not that's not impossible for him to do that um, and maybe even play a few minutes that Jokic isn't on the floor. The question becomes how fatigued would Anthony Davis be literally playing against Jokic the entire game? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's something you want to do if you're, if you're the Lakers. So I, I do think they've got to be prepared and have some other guys to throw at the, throw at him. And 2020 Dwight Howard is not on the roster anymore. So something as you got to find something, got to find something, whether it's what, uh, whether it's Mobamba or, or whatever you're going to do. I don't know. Maybe you, you just put Wenyan on a super high protein diet and lock him in the gym for the next two days and see how much <laughs> muscle he can put on. I don't know. Do you try a little Ivan Drago uh, action with him? And there you go. See if you can, if you can pump him up now, the NBA's drug testing committee would probably catch that. But uh, yeah, 
you got to do something. Got to have something else. Maybe it is uh, Mo Bamba. Wicked Bronco said, first team to start 2-10 and 10 to advance to a Western Conference Finals and maybe win a chip is insane. <laughs> he says, F. Curry. Uh, Kerr Green. Keep crying. I feel like we just ended their dynasty. Always hated Curry with a passion. Bye-bye NBA's golden boy. I never had that much like animosity towards Steph Curry, and I think it all goes back to the Lakers and Warriors weren't good at the same time, so I never felt yeah. anything towards the Warriors, really. Um, but did their dynasty end? Did the Lakers just end their dynasty here? Like the I saw the Warriors players, like Draymond and stuff, came out and said, no, it's not over, but is it over? I don't know. Like I don't like saying a team's dynasty is over until like it really starts to break apart because i feel like we do this every time a team gets eliminated is oh the, the dynasty's over like like when when golden state lost to toronto in the finals in 19 and clay got hurt katie left that summer i feel like everybody said the dynasty and air close was over and then you know step got hurt or whatever yada yada happens and they win a championship last year so mm-hmm. never like, oh hey the dynasty's back four championships in eight years or whatever the dynasty, technically, in my opinion, would still be going on as long as Steph is there. Same reason why the dynasty is still considered a dynasty like the, with those Tim Duncan teams, like or the Shaq team, uh, the Kobe team, excuse me, like five championships in X amount of years and what, 16 years? If you take out the, the four years post-Kobe Achilles injury um, and the Tim Duncan years as well, so like for San Antonio. So I don't know. I think it's a dynasty until Steph leaves. Or until that core significantly breaks up. I mean, they are um, getting older. This, I mean, this could be the last run from them, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I don't think it's a, it's definite. It's fiddles of master lock Shaq and Charles to the end of time. Unforgivable. I agree. Yeah, did not like seeing the media uh, making fun of Anthony Davis for a head injury. <laughs> uh, Mamba mentality. This had to be done. This was the only way to silence the critics. We had to have to have to win LFG Lake Show. Yeah, I mean, you had to win Game Six. There's no question. We said that going in. You had to win game six. Your odds of winning game seven on the road aren't great. Not impossible, but not great. And I'm happy to say the Lakers played like it. They played like they had to win. Aside from a bit of a let up at the end of the first quarter. Other than that, yeah. I felt like the Lakers were pretty much just locked in and just pummeling the Warriors for most of the night. Yeah. Uh, this next comment from Dimitri said, live by the three, die by the three, go Lakers. Yeah, the Warriors did not shoot well from three uh, in, in game six, and they went home. Uh, trend, I noticed, this one says, every game six, LeBron wears the LeBron twos and has a vintage performance. So literally asking, is it the shoes? NBA Jam style. I thought it was the jacket, but yeah, it's probably more realistic that uh, it's LeBron's shoes it's LeBron as opposed shoes. to my own jacket. Kyle Anderson said, let's go. Let me get a scream. And then he said, ah. Hold on, wait. You, you had what was the comment last night? Like you had a so much better one. I was expecting like an ah or something. I don't know. It was the uh, the Warriors come out to play thing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that whole thing. I need the bottles that I can clink or, or something like that. But no, I'm I'm past that series now. I'm past that series. Uh, let's see. I'll do a scream if they uh, if they beat the the Nuggets. Fair. We'll do that. Kai said we did it. Flat out domination. Led the whole game. Lots of credit to, to Darvin Ham. Uh, out two big dogs and or are two big dogs 
and the others. Great convincing win. Yeah. I mean, look, we talk about how the Lakers can have multiple players step up and have big games. Austin, I thought, was great uh, in game six. You saw uh, D'Lo, not always super efficient, but had a, a nice scoring night. I thought Rui, in limited minutes, made an impact off the bench as well. Lonnie, I thought, it hit some big momentum buckets. Uh, so, yeah, look, a lot of guys stepped up. And that's going to have to continue to be true against Denver as well. You're going to need other guys because Denver's going to get like a Bruce Brown game where he's going to have a, a solid scoring night. They're going to get, you know, they're going to have a game where Michael Porter Jr. is red hot from three. Like that's that kind of stuff's going to happen. So you're going to, the other Lakers are going to have to play well against Denver. And that's just a general truth of the playoffs. But this Lakers team specifically hits a different level when they can get at least two non LeBron and AD guys to have above average performances. I'm not ready for the Bruce Brown game. Cause you're probably right. Yeah. Bruce Brown just goes for like 17 points and like mm-hmm. five, six, seven rebounds. Like, bro, yeah. go away. Shoo. Like a fly. Uh, Tomas finished things off. Said LeBron is the greatest player of all time. You're 20 with a banged up foot and he absolutely destroyed the defending champs. Yeah, it is noticeable how LeBron's burst, his list, lift isn't the same. Yeah. But he's still like, he just goes bully ball mode. And I loved how determined he was to get into the paint early and often in game six. And hopefully we get more of that LeBron here against the Nuggets because he's going to need to continue to be great to beat this Denver team. Yeah, no, for sure. You're going to need just on go 100% locked in LeBron and and locked in team in general. Because like I said, every game is going to be a fight. And if you want to beat this Denver team, it's really freaking good. That's a lot better defensively than I think they get credit for. Uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. It's not going to be easy, um, but we're here for it. Let's go, Lakers. Now, obviously, we still have a couple more days until uh, until the series starts, so plenty of time to break things down. Keep it tuned to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. We're going to break down the upcoming matchup with the Denver Nuggets. I do have more questions and comments that we're going to get to as well on some of our full-length shows, so be on the lookout for that. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you are also following us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, and give us that five-star rating and review. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.